You want more calm, and I have the recipe for you to have less overwhelm in your life. Each week, I will bring you stories, tips, and often interviews on how to get more calm in your life. Each week, there will be a quick and easy recipe as well. So join me, Teresa Diulis, an advanced certified life coach and certified culinary nutrition expert to find your recipe for calm. In honor of this week's 30th episode, I want to do an introduction and taking the example of Laura Tremaine's 10 Things to Tell You, which if you're not familiar with her podcast, I suggest you go follow her and share 10 things with you. The first one being, I love to bake and cook. I'm sure this doesn't come as a surprise to any of you who are regular followers. My favorite thing to make is cookies. I especially love making cookies at the holidays. I start making them a month or two out. I will freeze them, sometimes the baked cookies, sometimes the dough, just to lighten the load at the holiday time. Back in episode 26 on consistency, I shared the story of making chocolate chip cookies with my grandma. And when our kids were little, I did create an edible cookie dough recipe so that they were not eating raw dough. I contributed this recipe to the Pioneer Woman's Tasty Kitchen community blog. I will share the link in the show notes and use this as this week's quick and easy recipe so that anybody who would like to try it themselves will can enjoy it. I used to make this for bake sales and it would sell out all the time. In fact, one of our family friends at the school would ask me if I was making it and pre-order ahead of time so that uh, they could enjoy it. Number two, I lived in Tehran, Iran when I was a child and we were living there for my mom's job. She, as a career, was a nursing professor and we lived there right before the Iranian revolution occurred and the Shah was overthrown. If you've ever watched the movie Argo with Ben Affleck, that portrays the situation that was happening a little bit after when we left. We did leave on emergency exit visas and were only allowed to take a backpack and whatever we could fit in it. We had to leave everything else behind. While we were there, though, we were able to form friendships with the people that lived there and travel extensively. While at Christmas time, we went to Israel. At Easter time, we went to Russia. And then over the summer, we were able to travel around Europe to a lot of countries on Ural passes. And I have vivid memories of all of those countries and learning about different traditions and cultures and eating the, the foods of those countries. On Netflix, there's a wonderful cooking documentary called Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nasrat. She also has a book of the same name. She is an Iranian-American chef, and I highly recommend watching that. You may not want to watch it hungry because it'll make you more hungry. But the episode four called Heat, she in it, she cooks in her kitchen with her mom, and they make some traditional Iranian dishes, and one of them being crispy rice. We knew it to be called tadik, and it just is such a memory recipe for me watching it. And we have found some Persian restaurants here that make it. And it just is a wonderful example of a food that we loved and ate often when we lived in Iran. So I highly recommend that. The third thing I wanted to share with you is that my first job was while living in 
Iran, and that was babysitting at the age of nine. And I remember being so proud of myself, and it gave me such a boost of self-confidence. I'm curious what your first job was. My most recent paying job where someone else was paying me and I wasn't self-employed was as a program coach for the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. Perhaps some of you listening are CNEs. I really enjoyed doing that and being able to support the students and share them as they were learning more about nutrition and ways that food and nutrition can improve their health. Number four, I listen to podcasts at two times speed. Anyone else out there, a kindred, twice the speed listener? I do it because there's so many podcasts these days that I want to listen to so many and it allows me the opportunity to listen to that much more. And it drives everyone in my house crazy. In fact, my husband heard me yesterday listen to a podcast. I didn't have my AirPods in and he walked by. He's like, how can you possibly understand that or listen to it like that? So it's just my way my brain works. I just, you know, just me. So anybody else out there, let me know. Next week, I'm going to have some recommendations of podcasts that I find help contribute to greater calm and less overwhelm. Other than my own, of course. Number five, I've had several recipes published in cookbooks, and I'm also, I've also been a recipe tester for six major cookbooks. One is actually coming out later this month, The Cook's Book by Brie McCoy. A couple of the other ones, uh, Cook Once, Eat All Week by Cassie Joy Garcia, and Frugal Gluten-Free Cooking, and Meal in a Spiel, 100 Days of Real Food on a Budget. Perhaps you have some of these in your own kitchens. I highly recommend all of them. I've really enjoyed being a recipe tester for these cookbooks. It helps um, support these authors to give them feedback on whether a recipe might be difficult to cook or not have enough salt or, you know, the instructions aren't quite clear, you know, anything like that. And all to help the end user you are in a kitchen when we're actually making these recipes. I appreciate the authors and publishers taking the time to want these recipes to be tested thoroughly. And I hope to continue to be able to be a recipe tester. Number six, I love to walk outside. I try to walk almost daily. I especially love walking on the beach when I have the opportunity. We were recently visiting relatives up on Lake Erie. I wasn't able to walk on the beach when we were there, but I did get to walk outside. And we live off of a trail here on the Texas Gulf Coast. And it's just so calming to me to walk outside, even in the extreme heat that we are experiencing. But if you remember back on episode 16 on the five senses, being outside, I'm able to utilize most of the five senses. I would say taste isn't one that so much, but I'm able to see, use my sight to just take in the beauty, the nature all around and the air, the trees, the animals, the ground, the clouds in the sky, all of that. And hear, hear the animals, hear people, hear the sounds, even if it's cars, anything. If I'm at the beach, especially the waves, that's just such a calming sound to me and the especially seagulls and um, whether it's people fishing, just all of that and feel the wind, feel the air, feel the heat of the sun, warm and smell all the smells, whether again, it's the grass or the 
way that this that kind of wake of the the waves in the water if we're at a beach of some sort or if I am at a beach of some sort but sometimes there's some not pleasant smells too whether it's just the smell of sweat or sunscreen anything like that um one of the funny smells is people walking by or running by and you can almost smell the dryer sheet smell of them and their clothes even sometimes perfumes things like that but all of that engaging the five senses helps to regulate the nervous system and it helps reduce anxiety so I just really enjoy being outside walking seventh I love to read books reading is something I've done since I was young I, I learned to read at an early age and I went to the library pretty much almost weekly when I was a little girl and I got to know the librarians. They knew me by name. I knew them by name and reading was an escape. It took me to different worlds and I've continued to love to read as I've gotten older. I read nonfiction and fiction and one of my favorite reads this past year was a very quick read called Love and Saffron by Kim Fay and I highly recommend it. It's a sweet story on food and friendship. If you have any recommended reads, I'm always looking for them. Please send them my way. Number eight, I graduated from high school when I was 16 and in college at 20. And part of the reason for that was I attended a private school when I was younger. And unlike Hogwarts, if you're a Harry Potter fan, we didn't have a sorting hat, but we didn't have grades either. We had preps and forms and we did not have Hagrid. We had the Hagedishes. The headmaster's name was Mr. Hegedish, and he we also had a teacher who was his wife, Mrs. Hegedish. So just a funny little story. Nine, 14 years ago, I was diagnosed with a thyroid cancer. And then three years after that, I was put on observation for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma for a lymph node that was biopsied in my neck. And they actually staged it at stage four and at one point told me I might have six months to live. So that was pretty scary. And that point was some sort of, was a pretty major wake up call for me. When our first daughter was born, I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroiditis. They gave me a pill to take, I took it, didn't think anything of it. After the cancer diagnoses, I really questioned, is there more that I can do besides just take medicine and be treated? I had a deep respect for medicine. My mom being a nurse, she was a nurse practitioner, had a doctorate in nursing, but I wanted to know if there was something I could be doing in conjunction with the doctors. And so that led me to learning a lot more about nutrition, lifestyle, stress reduction, getting more sleep, all of that. I got a lot of certifications, even a master's in public health and nutrition, and learning more about mindset as well has led me to this podcast and talking to you today. So here I am 14 years later and doing much better health-wise. And then 10th, I wanted to share with you what the, what I consider the source of my strength. And that is my faith, family, and friends. And I am from a faith perspective, Catholic. I am what they call a cradle Catholic. I was born into a family of faith tradition Catholic, and I've continued that. I would not call it linear. I have questioned things a lot, um, but the source of my faith is a belief in God, and I have had the example from family members. When I was young, I remember going to church with 
our immediate family and extended family and wedding celebrations and all that. I can remember going to church with my grandmother, watching her pray the rosary, seeing other members of my family do that as well. Prayer, um, being involved in different ministries and volunteer opportunities and just seeing that example and seeing the power of prayer in my life. And I remember, again, seeing my grandmother pray the rosary. That's something I've started doing in the last few years and seeing that and finding comfort from that. We, my husband and I have been married for 31 years and we have four amazing children. We now have a son-in-law and then our other daughter um, has a serious boyfriend that is also a part of our family we consider. And so, and we have, a, I guess what they call a grand dog, they, uh, two, I guess there's two of them. So, um, and we are blessed by them. I have uh, my late in-laws who've been huge support to us. And then I have sister-in-laws and brothers-in-laws and my mom and my two sisters and many aunts and uncles and cousins and nieces and nephews and friends who along the way have supported us throughout our relationship and me and my life, even before I got married. And I've just been so blessed from the support of family and friends throughout my life. And again, our kids, our boys, and my husband especially are into cars. And there's a franchise of movies, The Fast and Furious. And I know there's a joke of Dom in the movie using the word family over and over again. But to me, that is such an important part of my life, both family and friends and faith. And so I just couldn't not mention this and wanted to end on this as far as the importance of it as a source of strength for me. So with that, I wanted to thank you for listening, and until next week, I wish you great health and calm. Take care. As promised, this week's quick and easy recipe is for edible chocolate chip cookie dough. You will need a half a cup of butter softened, three quarters of a cup of brown sugar, one teaspoon vanilla, a cup of flour, a quarter teaspoon kosher salt, two tablespoons of milk, and one cup of chocolate chips. Cream the butter, sugar, and vanilla until light and fluffy. Add the flour, salt, and mix just until combined. Then add the milk until blended and fold in the chocolate chips. You can use other kinds of chips, cut up candies, or even sprinkles if you would like in this recipe. For butter, if you need it to be dairy-free, I suggest the Miyoko's brand. Brown sugar can be substituted with coconut sugar if you want to, but I don't think it tastes the same. And the flour can certainly be replaced with gluten-free flour mix. In this case, I'm not a big fan of like making it grain-free with almond flour, um, but you can use it and see if you like it. It just is much grainier. This freezes really well. I like to portion it out um, either in sample cups or onto parchment paper. So this is a fun food. Remember, all foods have a place and... If you make this, I would love to see your pictures. Tag me on Instagram at Teresa Diolis or email them to me at teresadiolis at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, take care.